Hello, everybody, and welcome to our third episode, I think, of DM Engineering. Uh, but hey, it's been a while, but you know, we've been playing with some formats and some other recordings. Uh, and today, uh, I'm Billy Hatfield, uh, as I am every day, but today I'm joined with a new format with a dedicated co host, uh, Jaden. How you doing, Jaden? Pretty good. I don't know if dedicated is the right word. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm having fun. I'm ready to talk about some D&D like I am every day. <laughs> yeah, so. so so this whole thing has kind of come about um, much like our games. <laughs> A lot of times we end up, you know, we try something, it doesn't quite work. And then we kind of step back, reevaluate, and kind of go at it again. And so this kind of came about as Jade and I spent a lot of time in uh, conversations in, you know, over chat and uh, messenger <laughs> messenger stuff like and other discords, just random D&D stuff. And we're like, we just need to throw each other in a call and record it <laughs> and just talk. Billy got tired of me sending him 5,000 messages in the middle of the night while I'm at work. You and waking up. <laughs> to you, it. you know, I love it. Um, so that's kind of what this show is going to be. Um, just kind of a, a loose conversation between, um, some dungeon masters, uh, about different rules and different mechanics and, uh, systems and kind of Jaden put it as whatever we feel like that week. <laughs> and there's going to be no rhyme or reason between episodes. Yeah. Cause we will get off on random tangents throughout the week and you guys get to see the outcome of that. Yeah. So with our uh, return, um, so as a little bit of background in case, you know, it's, it's been a while between episodes, so we want to make sure we re reintroduce people. Um, so Jaden and I play a lot of tabletop games together, like a lot. <laughs> um, I think the current number is four. Consistently? Are you talking about like separate games or different systems? Separate games. I think we play three oh. consistently. One that's kind of been on the back burner for a while. I don't know how many actual games we talk about. A lot of games we want to play. Yeah, and we're like, that's a cool idea. And we build this whole thing out, and then we forget the you know part of actually getting other players. Yeah, um, but needless to say, I mean, I've DM'd for Jaden for quite some time, and then that's kind of flipped on its head. Um, I, I actually get to play a lot more games. Nowadays, and Jaden runs games for me now. Yeah, I feel like we're in a pretty unique situation that we have a lot of people in our circles that like to DM, yeah. which is not the norm for most gaming groups. No, everyone always talks about the the forever DM, and honestly, it's more trying to get everyone in to rotate dungeon mastering. <laughs> yeah, and um, then when you try to get back to someone, remembering where you left off, what character you're playing, and yeah, um. So all that to say, we have we have a lot of experience playing the game uh, mostly together. So um, you guys get to kind of sit in on how our brains work <laughs> and then how they act when we are on opposite ends of the table. I apologize uh, up front. <laughs> uh, so our, our topic we kind of wanted to start with today um, is kind of one that is one that kind of pops up a lot. Um, in different circles, whether it's, you know, different subreddits or discords or everybody talks about it at some point. Uh, and that's kind of this idea of fudging roles uh, in your games. for Halloween. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of just wanted to have a talk kind of about that, ways to, to use it or not to use it um, and those kinds of things. But just to kind of get it off started to kind of define it. 
uh, fudging rolls is, well, lying. <laughs> <laughs> is know? it lying if you never rolled in the first place? I mean. Well, you know. All right. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe a fib is better. Okay. Um, but no, it's basically I'm like you, you roll, you know, you roll behind the screen and that roll would definitely kill your cleric. And you're like, I don't know that I want to do that to my player. So you lie and you say that it does almost enough to kill your cleric. Or on the other end of the spectrum, your party's gotten a little bit too full of themselves and they're feeling a little bit too strong. You're like, hmm, that 19 sure looks like a 20 from here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's just start this off straight up. Jaden, do you fudge rolls? All my players stop listening now. Yes. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> As I'm covering my ears. <laughs> I, like, and I feel like I start off every session with such good intentions. Mm -hmm. And usually by the time we get to the, towards the end, I'm like, oh, I did not balance this correctly. Or this is not going how I thought this would go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it just kind of evolves from there. Um, Billy, do you fudge rolls? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think you kind of covered it a little with just that little statement of like, sometimes we just mess up in our planning. And like, if we go straight off what we wrote, it's just not, m more often than not, is not going to be correct, you know? Well, but and the other side of that is it's not even always just planning which i say it is playing and i've definitely made a lot of mistakes from planning but sometimes things just don't happen to your players like that you think they will they take the wrong bait or they dive way too hard into something that they weren't supposed to mm -hmm. and you just you don't know what's going to happen or <laughs> here's the other thing they're playing five different classes with five different races all these different things and I'm expected to plan around all of those while still keeping it balanced. Sometimes they're going to throw something at me that I don't, I didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. I, I fudge. I could count. <laughs> there, I, there are so many times that I have had a boss fight um, that I've just been like, "Huh, that's a combo I wasn't anticipating." I think this boss fight needs an extra zero. <laughs> <laughs> or hmm. Was that two legendary resistances, or was it three? <laughs> yeah. Just um, pop another one in there. Yeah. So I think for combat in particular, I, I definitely fudge quite a bit. Um, more often than not, in favor of the players. Um, I say more often, mostly because I tend to go the other way with my planning. Um, usually when I mess up in favor of the players, I just have to add more HP, and then we're kind of okay. Yeah, I would say, thinking about my games, it's really one, it goes one way or the other, right? Like, I don't, I really have games where I'm both fudging in favor and against them, mm -hmm. but I definitely have had times uh, where I've said, like, this is not, this is supposed to be scary for my players. This is yeah. supposed to be a situation where they're supposed to be afraid, or this is, you know, this is supposed to be a lot more stressful, and I cannot hit them hard enough with yeah. the stat block to do that. And so, like, my... They might get like an extra little plus three, or they might start hitting more often than. Which you know, it's one of the things where like I I don't want to kill my players. Yeah, that's not the point of those things. But I do sometimes want to be able to push up the stakes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tend to. Um, I I guess real quick. So do you do you fudge often? I mean, how what what's your ratio <laughs> for fudging? Because here's here's my thing on it. I'll I'll let you think on that for a second. Um. 
is, you know, it's like, well, if we're fudging all the time, why are we even rolling dice? You know, um, you know, I, I don't fudge that much because um, I because I do want the dice to be kind of the the storyteller in that way is specifically talking about Dungeons and Dragons um, and any other D20 system or something like that. Um, I definitely like to let the dice tell the story. Um, but I mean, I, I do my fair share of fudging as we fight. <laughs> I would say I am a pretty liberal fudger, to be honest. Like now, it's I wouldn't say we get past fifty percent in any given mm -hmm. session, but I would like I don't think it's unfair to say that fifteen to twenty five percent of a session for me is fudging, which I know that sounds like a lot. But as opposed to the dice telling story, I like I want my players to tell the story. That's fair. And I'm more willing to let their dice because at the end of the day, my opinion is, and this comes a lot from my bias as a player, is I it feels so much better coming from for the players to come from their own dice mm -hmm. than to come from my dice. Yeah. I you know, I I just feel like me I, something going really bad because of my rolls. It feels a lot worse than if it went bad because they can't roll higher than you know a two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I certainly get that. Sorry. I certainly get that. Um, you know, and and fudging rolls doesn't necessarily have to mean the dice rolls themselves. I think this conversation is a little bit broader than that. Um, you know, like you're trying, you want your players to find some information, and you know, and you want it to be behind some sort of puzzle or a skill. You know, you know, you talk about. There's a lot of conversation there about whether or not you should gate that information. Um, but it's like, you want your players to feel like they earned it. <laughs> yep. So, you know, sometimes you're like, well, okay, maybe I'll lower the DC just a little bit. Um, Which, if we're having a conversation, sometimes I don't even set a DC, technically. Mm -hmm. I tell you to roll so you can roll the click-clack math dice. But honestly, I'm going to give you the information. I've already decided it. Unless you're literally rolling, like, a four. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that just beats it. No matter what you roll. Yeah. Which, I don't do that often, but if there's something I want you to know, I want you to feel like you earned it, but there's some times where I, I would just plan on giving it to you either way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, while we're on it, I like to have, like, the the minimum amount of information they'll garner from something like that. And then True. anything, like, I kind of have tiered DCs where if they get above a certain amount, they get a little bit extra information based yeah. on. Now, that's if I'm planning, like, really well. Like, if I have plenty of time to prepare... Uh, you know, but, you know, you know how being a dungeon master is. Well, and you also have to take into consideration things like passives. Like, I like using passives for a lot of things, just because, you know, there's a lot of abilities and stuff that talk about increasing passives, but for those of us that aren't, like, Matt Mercer's, Abrea Iyengar's, Brendan Lee Mulligan's, how many of us, like, actually use those passives all the time? Yeah, I'll say you're a lot better about it than I am. <laughs> I, and honestly, it's just a lot of things that I'm like, hmm, they got like a 15, like, I'll give it to them, sure. Like, you know, because a lot of the things you, I, you know, going off of our, my long-term campaign that I run, the book has a lot of stuff that's like, oh, if they're passive, is this? I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, passive's a thing. Yeah. Gotta remember that, you know, or that's a whole other discussion I'm not getting into when to roll, <laughs> when to do passives, because that's not what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I do, go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. I do want to talk about just while we're on it, because I don't want people that are new to the game to stumble across this and be <laughs> and use it for evil. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. When do we not fudge rolls? And my because my two answers are as a player mm -hmm. 
and when someone has explicitly asked me not to. Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily ask consent to fudge, but yeah. if someone... I ask consent for a lot of things. I don't ask consent to fudge. But if someone came to me and said, hey, no, I really just want this spray up and down dice rolls. Yeah. I... Okay. Yeah, I... My, my fudging comes from, like, will this impact the story in a positive way? Mm. You know, is it going to allow my players to just move on from whatever yeah. it is they're stuck on? You know, or... um. You know, uh, has the has the combat been going on for an hour and a half, and we just need to kind of wrap it up, you know, in in a way that makes sense. Um, mm. That that's one for me. Um, or you know, again, stuff like information, or uh, you know, a skill check that I think is outside of the box that I want to kind of reward my players for coming up with. Yeah. Um, you know, I want them to feel cool. You know, I don't want them to waste, you know, not only their mechanical resources, but also their brain power resources just to get, you know, shot down, um, you know, just because of a, a bad dice roll. You know, I want them to get something out of it. Well, you know, I think that kind of comes down to, you know, you're a teacher. You know the importance of rewarding the behavior you want mm -hmm. so that they will do it more often. You want to increase that behavior. Um, and I, I don't want to say, like, I don't, we, you shouldn't fudge as a player. That sounds really hypocritical where we're like, because, you know, why can't you be like, oh, well, it make you know, it helps the story be better. <laughs> and I, I really compare it back to like, there's things as an employee you're allowed, you're not allowed to say that your boss is allowed to say. Yeah. Is it, is it, is there really any difference? Technically, no, but there, <laughs> yeah, it's one thing you're putting that trust in your dungeon master, right? Yeah. And so I think that's the thing. You're trusting him to do that. And as a dungeon master, it's your job not to betray that trust of right. what's best for your players. Yeah, I think if you are like... You know, when we're talking about fudging roles, uh, you know, a lot of times it's to tell a better story uh, for the players or, um, you know, or, or, or a good moment, you know, in the story uh, or whatever's going on. Because I think it would really suck, you know, if you, like, found out, like, however much later that, like, the only reason your player's character died was because your DM fudged a roll to be oh, yeah. constantly hit, you know? Like, that feels bad. And whereas... I, would, I, would, I wouldn't do that. Right. And right. I, yeah, and I just want to clarify that that's not what we're talking about here. Like, we're not, like, antagonistic towards our players where we're fudging dice rolls to win, but... Mm -hmm. A lot of this fudging comes from that angle of does this provide something meaningful or positive for our players to kind of fudge? Yeah, and you know, I think it's all such a delicate balance. I think a lot of it you have to realize is like focus on what is best, what is your group dynamic? Mm -hmm. You know, because there's some groups where like I probably just want to fudge. And you know, or we look at, um, so can I give some background context? I decided I wanted to run this one shot a while back. <laughs> I was like, I had this really cool idea. It was going to be this whole like bakery theme thing and all that. And I realized that I I originally balanced it for one <laughs> set of like character levels and player numbers, and that's not what I had at my party. Mm -hmm. And I never changed it. Yeah. And Billy was there. Um, and, you know that group I knew. Yeah, I, I started off fudging out real hard because I was it was way higher than my party. Mm -hmm. And they and you guys somehow managed to eke that out. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I think <laughs> it was 
Well, yeah, but he's like, no, that was so much fun. Like, I think I killed like two people in that combat. Not perma killed, but like yeah. I downed at least two of y'all during oh, that yeah. combat. I mean, especially one shots. I think I think one shots are like fudge city, you know? Yeah. Like you just you get a brand new set of characters. You have to introduce them. I, and we've kind of got our pacing down pretty well to make a one shot be about about four hours. Right. Yeah. So you've got roughly an hour a character introduction uh, where you might have a small skirmish, you know, and see a little bit of what your players are doing. Um, and so then that's kind of your first moment of like, oh, I messed up. And then you spend the rest of the session yeah. being like, okay, how do I fix this as we go? You know, what yeah. do I need to adjust as we go? Um, and, and one of those is like, okay, so that plus six to hit needs to go down to a plus four. Right. And I think that kind of brings up the a good conversation while we're having is what are the alternatives? So like what is you know, what are some other things you can do if you don't want to fudge? Or what are just or like or what are just some alternative systems if you're wanting to kind of keep things fresh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what I like to do um is so I'm like I'm the worst planner when it comes to D D. I kinda just mm. bullet point my stuff out and then I go. So what yeah. I do is uh, when I want to determine a character's AC, I just hmm. roll a D10 plus a D6. <laughs> oh yeah, that's amazing. I or, never thought of that. Or some other combination. Sometimes I'll do um, a D20 and uh, like a D4 or something. Hmm. Or like if I make an attack roll, I'll roll a D4 plus it to see what their two hit becomes. Yeah. Um, so... You know, sometimes you can actually just leave those gaps for yourself and just say, like, as long as you're staying consistent after that point, you know, or, you know, you can do those kinds of things. Um, well, that's, that's something that I think if, you, if you're wanting to hide it from your players, mm -hmm. and I, I don't mean to go off already on another tangent, but no, I love it. I think, here for. I, I think something we need to talk about is because this is our, more of our how to section of what do you need to know when you're making these decisions on I'm fudging. When can I fudge? Because there are some of those numbers that your players are going to pick up on that you, yeah. that once you have said them, yeah, they are static. You cannot change them. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. So I'll tell you one of my secrets for one shots. Okay, uh -huh. you have a combat that you know your your players will steamroll, uh -huh. um, and or one that you know they will lose. One or the other. Um, yeah. If they like, if you're wanting them to lose, it's the redemption arc setup. You know, the the Final Fantasy two or the JRPG where your party loses and they have to come back, um, right. or the one that they, you know, some piddly goblins run into town while the party is getting together. You know, and then that's how they meet up. However, you set yeah. it up that way. But then you can see what their average roles are. Yeah. You know, somebody who's doing the minimum. What are their roles? And you can kind of adjust from there, which is really, really nice in terms mm -hmm. of one shots. Now, in terms of campaigns, um, you can kind of start to do the same thing. But, you know, when you hit session three or four, you know, or mm -hmm. depending on what level you're starting at, you know, you'll slowly start to pick up on what your players average roles are becoming and what they're good at. Um, right. And so you can start to better determine You'll be better prepared for your planning, um, but also, honestly, I think you'll probably end up fudging less in a lot of your campaigns, unless you're having a really bad day, you yeah. know, 
but then but you know that average you know you can be like okay they're because of their modifiers their averages are about a 13 or a 14 with their specific skill set and then they're rolling you know fives and sixes and stuff that night you know um right so well and go ahead it's great well, and there's really at the end of the day, there's only three things that you have to know for sure about your bot, your enemies. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have to know their AC. Mm-hmm. You have to know their spell save DC, and then what the maximum and the minimum is. Because yeah. you can't have someone that has like plus sevens roll a four, right? Because you're just like at that point, because your player, maybe not all players, but you're you're going to have that player at your table that's going to be like, hmm, that doesn't quite add up. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, yeah, you and like you can we can have the metagame conversation all we want. Someone at your player will figure at your table will figure it out. Um yes. just naturally. You know, um especially if they've been playing a long time. They're just naturally going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's what that is." Um and they and they will figure you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as a player, one of the things I start thinking of right off the bat is where all these DC, where my ACs and my enemies are mm-hmm. because it doesn't take that many rolls to figure out what it is yeah you know within two within a couple within i would say the first round of combat if not two i want to know what an enemy's ac is and within a, a plus one mm-hmm. what give or take one yeah but that's why like as a dm there's a lot of things i i don't know if if you've ever noticed but like i don't say what the pluses are wherever mm-hmm. i roll things no you don't I, you know i'm not going to tell you oh well he rolled a 13 plus five yeah, because I because I want to be able to change that later right. if I need to. Right. No, I I think that that's really important to again staying with the whatever you say that has to remain static. Just make sure that that stays static. You know, um, yeah. there's nothing saying that you know. Yes, your players might figure out that the the enemy the bandits plus to hit is a plus four. With their longsword. Yeah, that's also true. What if, you know, and part of that fudging you can incorporate into the storytelling. Um, so, the you know, the bandit's fighting your paladin, and the paladin goes for an attack, and you say, oops, they dropped the longsword that they were doing a little too well with, and then all of a sudden they have to switch to something else. And then you can, within the story, within the, the canon, change that to hit. Um, oh. Stuff like that. Another thing, if we're talking about fudging, not even just numbers, is like you, we've already talked about adding a zero to HP, which every dungeon master has done. Yes. <laughs> uh, some other you know, we all think about is uh, spell slots or ability uses. Yeah. Like maybe I just need an extra fairy fire to make things a little bit more interesting, mm-hmm. or mm, these spells are doing a little bit too much. I'm just going to knock off one of their. They really only had two uses of this instead of three or four. Yeah. You know. I and as well, and that's okay. Like sometimes it's okay to adjust that. And be like that was just a little bit too much. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and that and that's a good one too. Uh, you know, talking about spellcasters and fudging their numbers. Um, <laughs> the, the spell slot thing is big, uh, yeah. just because of how potent spells tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that you have to balance too as a dungeon master is you know, generally speaking, what your players save. Uh, abilities are yeah. you know so you have to be ca- kind of careful with that too of like you know oh we have all paladins in plate armor well I can't wait to cast fireball six times eight metal yeah right or things like that you know yeah so 
making sure that, you know, be like, okay, maybe they don't have six casts at that spell level. Right. And on the other side of it, you know, players can really fuck up your day with the uh, the right spell at the right time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, kind of coming back to legendary resistances, like, you don't actually need legendary resistances if, you know, that's, I think I, I don't, I think I've only done this once or twice. Like, I am very sparse with using this, but sometimes you're, your your enemy just needs to roll high on the saving throw. Yeah. Because, you know, it's one of the things where some of these spells just do such crazy things. Mm-hmm. And some of your players are really fucking imaginative. And they're gonna they're gonna find some weird loophole in something that is just going to make it no longer fun. They're just gonna kill it and you're like, well, I don't have anything else. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh I yeah, I concur with that. Um, you know, in that instance, you know, well, maybe there's an extra counter spell on the table, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and that's coming from, you know, once again, me as a player, like, I, I don't try to, I'm not necessarily going for crazy OP things, but I like coming up with weird-ass shit as a yeah. player. I, can, I like coming... <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to say, like, what happens if I combine these two spells this way, or this ability with that, you know, and just to see what I can do, you know, and it's fun. I think, you know, I love it when other players do that. But as a DM, sometimes you got to be like, okay, that works, but you got to have, you can't let it just work completely or else it might, it's going to ruin the fun for the rest of the table. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with that. So let's talk real quick, um, because you and I both play primarily online, um, though uh, we both have started uh, some in-person games. Yes. Um. So, uh, just to kind of get this out there, when when we roll uh, enemies and stuff, we do roll privately. Yes. Um. the The players don't actively see what we roll. Um. And I guess the question for for to kind of talk about here is, um, when do you show your roll? Do you ever? Um. Well, I'm I'm trying to think back to our games, and I know that in our Wild Bill on the Witchlight campaign, sometimes I do turn my rolls public, mm-hmm. and usually it's I I do that, and I've seen you know because I finally got TikTok like a year ago, <laughs> and I got all deep into D and D TikTok. Yeah, but you know it's this idea, and I've seen a lot of people do it, not necessarily in this specific what we're talking about, but you know. Uh, this is a big role. It's like the it's like the critical role or dimension twenty or whatever. Like when they come and they roll it on the table. Yeah. For that to me, that's like, hey, this is important, or this is something that my players are really invested in. I want them to get to see things as I get to see it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, I don't know. I I only care about seeing my, even as a player. I only care about seeing my numbers. I don't care yeah. about seeing what everyone else rolls. Yeah. But I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um. So I don't show them most of the time however the one of the nice things about uh so we're not sponsored because we're just two guys but we both use foundry virtual tabletop um as our primary means of online play and one of the great things you can do is you can take a role you've already gotten and uh then show your players uh and so i do like showing when i think it's funny when an enemy crit fails so i do like to show that and then I also like to prove that a natural 20 happened. Um, yeah. I think that's the one. Like Anytime I get critical hit or I, as a DM, I 
get a critical hit and I want to commit to that critical hit, um, I I try to show it uh, through Foundry oh. just to be like, hey, yeah, this actually happened. <laughs> Which I think I didn't even think about like because I don't remember the last time I've gotten natural twenty as a DM. Like not anything that matters. <laughs> like, right, it's always on something dumb. But you or know, or like a saving throw where there's no extra bonuses or anything to it. Right. Um. So I kind of I kind of like that excitement, you know. Or even when I play in person, you know, I roll an at twenty and I lift up the screen, and it's like here it is. Like I didn't touch it. Like you saw my hands yeah. up. You know, I lift up the screen. And it's an at twenty, and you know we go from there. Um. Which but, it's interesting. Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. It's interesting to think about that in the context of, and I haven't done a whole lot of deep diving because I'm not, I'm not going to get the details of it, but like with the introduction of 1D&D, &D, mm -hmm. where crits are about to get nerfed. Yeah. Like, you know, it's about to be one of the things where a nat 20 is not going to have the same impact. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I haven't made a decision if I'm going to convert to 1D&D &D yet. I don't, I don't really plan on it, but I'm not completely against it. Yeah. Like seeing how DM styles are going to change. Yeah. With a introduction of a new system where things work differently. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be interesting as well. Um, and you know, maybe that will just lead to less fudging or more fudging. Well, I mean, who knows? You know, when the the nat twenty doesn't mean as much as it used to. You know, I, I'm I would I would be curious too as to what that's going to look like. Um, but uh, I guess as kind of stuff for you guys as players listening or dungeon masters as you're listening. Um, just, you know, to think about this for a second, that if you are one that wants to have some of that freedom to fudge your roles, um, you know, your players seeing all of your roles is a cool thing. Um, but you kind of have to read your table a little bit. Um, oh. you know, are, as Jaden, Jaden, you said this earlier, you know, are you playing at a table that wants everything as it lands? You know? Well, then maybe everyone should see every role. You know, are your is your table more? You know, the story is the most impactful more than the mechanics. If that's the mm. case, you know, then you have you could probably hide your dice rolls and, you know, let let the roles influence your decision making, but have that willingness to bump a number or two. Yeah, well, you know, it's like I was talking with my super supervisor the other day who it plays at Dungeons and Dragons a lot also. And he was talking about, you know, he is a very by the book player. He likes role play stuff, but he is very much a I won't play by the rules stuff like that. And, you know, he's one of those people I'm like and so I'm like, yeah, okay, if, if he's at my table where I'm not fudging roles, everything's gonna come out as it is, but he's yeah. going to enjoy that. Yeah. Like that's something, you know, I'm aware of he's going to like. That's that's a, what the give the people what they want. Yeah. I, I think that's this is going to be a reoccurring theme for us as we record episodes is this idea of what do your players want out of the experience? And that's kind of like, I, I think if you are staying in line with that philosophy of whatever your players are after, you know, then I, I think you can forgive a lot of mistakes that you're going to make at the table, which you will it, make plenty of. <laughs> at the end of the day, this isn't really a game. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to be like a <laughs> d and is not a game. It's, no, that's not what I'm trying. But like, at the end of the day, you're, you're not here to win. You're not here to lose. It's about telling a story. And, and that's what, that's my justification for fudging. I kind of bring it back to what we were talking about games. Like, yeah. it's about telling a story. It's about an experience. 
my job is to curate your experience. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's always going to be a happy one. Right. But it's my job to curate one that's going to be, you know, enjoyable at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. That just simple, like, is this something that will benefit your players in some way, you know, without just making it, you know, a collaborative storybook, you know, like the dice rolling is what makes this makes this unique in that yes. aspect, you know, and you should let the dice dictate a good amount of it. But having that freedom to for storytelling is really important. Um, and and but, again, oh, go ahead. No, no, you finish your thought. Okay. But, you know, as again, again, as Dungeon Masters, we have so much to plan for um, that, you know, and your player is going to be like, Haha, I've been cooking up this plan for three sessions. And <laughs> I feel attacked, <laughs> you, you know, uh, and. You know, you never know what's what what the dice will come out for, but if they've been planning it for three sessions, that's a decision you need to make. You know, if you know, if the dice don't go the way you think it should. So. So. That's a good segue to work, kind of the. I actually made a list. We okay. know that Jaden doesn't often do that, but I have like a list of things that I wanted to like talk about. My, my last one there was this idea, and I saw it. I can't remember if it was YouTube or TikTok or whatever. And I wish I could remember who the creator was, but they are talking about this idea of they as a DM don't roll, period. They do not roll the dice or come up with a single stat block, really, for anything they do. And their kind of idea is that they leave all the rolling to the players, and even then, like the, their player rolling doesn't matter because they they do things purely for the sake of the story. Mm -hmm. And so it's like if I if they're fighting an enemy, enemies die when I, they feel like they should die. Yeah, you know, if it's a goblin, they die after a, they take a couple hits, regardless of what the damage is. If it's a big bad guy, you can't kill them in two hits, no matter what you do. And I'm like. I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting concept. Yeah, I, I, I do like this conversation because uh, we talked about it a little bit. And then I think we were like, we should hold this <laughs> and just yeah, yeah. talk about it uh, over chat. So I, I you know, I've, as I've thought about it um, a little bit more as we since we've talked about it just in our own circle um, is at that point, you know, I, I have to ask, like, are you even playing Dungeons and Dragons? You know, I think there's something to be said about the dice rolling that mm -hmm. makes this game unique. Now, uh, was this the same person who had the spreadsheet of numbers? No, that's different? a whole that's a whole okay. other thing. Great, but so they just don't roll dice at all. They just kind of yeah. It's it, so the idea is that like the the dice rolls are narrating. So, and this is coming from DM that does a lot of like narrative, like narrating stuff, yeah. narrating every attack, and it's the dice rolls are informing the DM of how to narrate the battle and letting the players decide if they can do something. But it's one of the things where they're not necessarily keeping track of HP. Yeah, it's one of the things where when it seems like the battle has reached its climax or where it needs to end, they say they then they look for the next attack that would make sense to be the killing blow. Yeah, that's interesting what what gets me about it is do i know that as a player you know i, yeah. I think that would be kind of the big kicker because of like well why would i roll damage if the damage doesn't matter um it, yeah you know why would i roll an attack roll if it's predetermined i guess i guess you said that one kind of influences a bit but you know i that's a little bit wonky to me 
Um, I respect the idea. Um, and if it works for that table, I'm not going to be like, you know, whatever about it. Because at the end of the day, if that's what that table wants to play, that's what that table wants to play. Um, well, and the caveat there is that the players did not know this. Okay. This was something that the DM was literally just, they're rolling the dice, but not actually looking at what it is. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that, that was going. Yeah. I think if I never knew, I think I'd be okay. Yeah. But, well, and th- th- this comes back into a, a really weird kind of moral dilemma. Of, like, you know, is that something you should be doing without asking your... Like, yeah. uh, it's one of the things that only works if you don't tell your players. Right. <laughs> is that something you should do without <laughs> their consent? That's a mm-hmm. kind of a, a weird... It, it's like one of the things, if you do something bad, but no one was really injured by it, is it still bad? Like, it's that... Right. For me, it's a kind of that same kind of moral quandary. Yeah. But look at look how many other systems don't have enemy stat blocks. Well, if you right. look at, like... Blades in the Dark, Monsters of the Week, you're really just doing things until it feels like it's right. Yeah. But I think the I, the difference, though, is those games tell you straight up that that's how right. that works, right? Like, even Monster of the Week uses harm as a means, um, but even we as players know it only matters if you have the weakness. Right. right. So, like... Even we as players know that the harm doesn't mean anything unless it's unless we can see the the actual effect. Um, right. But it's kind of like when you step down to play that play a system, you know, you're kind of accepting its terms of that game to a mm. certain extent. Um, and so it's interesting to me that like, you know, you go down to sit down and play Blades in the Dark, you know that everything is determined by your own dice roll, mm. um, you know, and there's no preset whatever, because that's just not how the game works. Right. Um, which is different than D&D, where really the kind of the expectation is that, you know, you've prepped a world full of monsters with stat blocks and et cetera, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that if, you know, would anybody be harmed by it if they never knew? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I could imagine the fallout, <laughs> you know, as soon as their <laughs> players find out that none of their damage rolls the whole campaign have mattered. And I get that. I, you know, I think it's one of the things where I try to put myself in the perspective of a player. And I'm like, would I be that upset? Like, if it's... If I still felt like I was doing what I intended to do, mm-hmm. and, and does it matter at the end of the day? Yeah. Narrative, narrative, if it didn't affect my narrative experience... How much do I care about the mechanical side of it? Which is really, at the end of the day, what this whole, the whole fudging conversation is about. Yeah, I mean, Granted, I we're, ta- we're, ta- we're taking it to an extreme, yeah. obviously, with the never rolling. But the whole thing is, if at the end of the day, their player experience doesn't change, mm-hmm. they got to do what felt good. They don't, you know, there's a good variety. Yeah. How much does that backside of it matter? You know, actually, you know what? The more I think about it, the more it's the same thing that we do. It's just to a. They just cut out the middleman. <laughs> you yeah. know, we kind of mm-hmm. band aid fudge as we go when we could really just do the same thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the I guess it's just a matter of feel, you know, right? Like one well, feels better over the <laughs> other. And my opinion is, I think that unless you're a DM that really, because I, you know, I am, I really enjoy world building, but I, I, I will admit, I'm not the best at like narrating stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, or I might be good at it for, like, two rounds of combat, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to describe the spell again, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, taking out the rolls takes away my, from my fun. 
Yeah. If we're if we're doing it from a every um, everything is you know fudge kind of idea. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't know. I'm like I at the end of the day, I kind of feel like if that's what that DM enjoys, and my experience hasn't changed, I think as a player, I would probably be okay with it. I I can't say that for sure because there's definitely an emotional aspect of that. Yeah. That you know, you I can't predict well, but right. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel on it. Like the more I think about it, the more it's just like it's just the same thing we do now. It's just cutting out the middle of mind. But as you said, I like rolling dice. You know. Um, out of all the tabletop games I like to run, uh, the only one that lets me roll dice as the dunge- as the games master is D anD. d Yeah, and I think you know this kind of comes back to and you touched on it earlier. Like, are you even playing D anD? d And that, that, yeah, I'm sure we're going to do an episode on you know other systems and stuff mm-hmm. like that at some point. But yeah. you know, there really is this. There are a lot of RPG systems out there. Mm-hmm. However. I don't have time to teach my group every yeah. new system. Yeah, uh, my group doesn't want to learn every new system. Like I have a, it's so hard just to get people to play like systems I know well, mm-hmm. let alone one that I've not played before and want to learn with them. Right. You know, and so it's one of the things where you know D and D is just so convenient yeah. to, to to kind of patch. D and D is the Skyrim mm-hmm. of the tabletop world. Yeah, and it's and to that point, there are so many resources for this game. um for everyone you know i you and i and have you and i play in a group um that i started that had three brand new players in it and now those three brand new players are the ones coming up every week with like hey i came up with this new character idea that i saw online you know (laughs) it was easy for me to go into a character builder and start going wild with it um so you know it's it's easy to for people to learn these mechanics and to play along with them and then to adapt them as you mm. need them. So I, I think long story short, you know, just if your players are having fun and you're having fun, um, you know, and you're not scripting, you're not making everything feel scripted. Yeah. You know, and even then maybe your players are into that. Um, but if you make it feel like that their decisions matter and their choices matter because they do matter, um, I think you can be forgiven for most decisions you'll make as a dungeon master. I think that really sums up kind of the whole episode for tonight. You know, I think that's a good way to, you know, put a nice little bow on it is have fun. It's it's all about having fun. People get, you know, so caught up in a lot of that stuff before, you know, and we kind of chose a topic in general that was like, intentionally kind of taboo mm-hmm. you know and you know we've kind of talked about it. there's you know there's gonna be a lot of people that have very strong feelings about funding oh yeah i get that but you know once again it comes back you know we'll say again for like the millionth time if it's not right for your group it's not right for your group just have fun yeah that's all this game is about have fun everything else will fall in line probably yeah but if it doesn't fall in line that's what we're here for over at Engineering. <laughs> Uh, hey, to kind of put a, another uh, thing on this as we wrap up, if you guys ever have any questions for us, um, we do have a Twitter at DM Engineering. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, I'll put a uh, questions tab that you can actually type in questions to us. Uh, and so part of this uh, podcast ideas that will come to you with random topics like we have today. Um, but it would also be amazing to answer any of your questions, uh, whether they be specific scenarios or 
uh, mechanics questions. We love mechanics questions here. Um, and also, just for the record, we've touched on it, but uh, this is not exclusively for Dungeons & Dragons. It's just the most applicable for us um, to kind of talk about. Um, so if you have questions about other systems, feel free to let us know, and we'll see what kind of what we can do on it. Yeah, especially as we get to other topics. This was just a very D&D-heavy topic in general. Yeah. So. Uh, um, but yeah, Jaden, thank you for joining me tonight on this yeah, conversation. Yeah, it was fun as always, and hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. Absolutely. So keep an eye on it. Again, if you're uh, following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, or on Anchor itself, um, feel free to hit that follow, subscribe button, whatever it is on your platform of choice so that you can be caught up on all of our new episodes. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll catch you all next time.